they moved the existing bus stop from the shelter where there's great need. Almost none of those men have cars. The, the main thing is they have to walk a quarter of a mile in winter weather to get to a bus stop when the bus could stop right outside the shelter as it had done previously. I just, the question is, what is the mayor's office thinking? You know, the men are elderly. There's about 280 men and, and women in there at night. While it's true, they do provide a ride to the Beacon in the 600 block of East Main by Blair Street with a charter bus in the morning and at night. That doesn't begin to meet the needs of the men who have to go to various job sites throughout Dane County. That was Mike Roach, a former investigative journalist and a longtime cab driver in the city of Madison. Friends of his stay at Porchlight's Men's Emergency Shelter on the far east side, just across the street from East Town Plaza. Last month, Roach sounded the alarm, pointing out that the city's transit network redesign is putting undue burden on Porchlight's residents. He reached out to numerous city elders and had a conversation with Mayor Satya Rhodes-Conway, hoping to add the shelter to bus routes once again. She said, we're going to look into this. Thank you for contacting us. We're going we'll, we'll, to talk to Metro, you know, the people who run Madison Metro about this. So these people, you know, they're in, they're in the loop. Uh, and, you know, everyone knows about this. I've raised this with all the people whose salaries we pay to be professional and provide services to the people of Madison. And I don't, I don't know how this happened, but somebody really dropped the ball. But so far, there's been little movement. This afternoon, I had the chance to tour the emergency shelter. I've just arrived at Porchlight's Men's Emergency Shelter. Located in a bustling area on the east side of town, full of strip malls and larger department stores. The shelter itself looks like it used to be a department store, a sprawling warehouse with no signage. At the moment, the parking lot is practically empty. They won't open up for residents until five o'clock tonight. The main entrance is actually located on the side, and one of the employees waved me in. The inside is a big open warehouse space with dozens of beds lined up and a few bunk beds placed against the wall. It's mostly empty, with a few workers milling about, bringing in towels and discussing tonight's operations. Uh, my name is Ferris Ferris, and I'm the manager of the Porchlight Men's Shelter. Right now, we're just a drop-in shelter before COVID. We were an emergency shelter, and we were getting federal grants, meaning that as an emergency shelter, we had a 90-day limit, which was required by federal law as an emergency shelter. But after COVID, or when COVID started, when I started working here for, it's been now three years, we removed the 90-day limit because we realized that people needed longer access to shelter, and also we were allowed to get federal grants that allowed us to ease that restriction during COVID. So now we don't have any limit on how long someone can stay since COVID started. We recently in the winter months have been seeing 280 and up a night. And during the summer months, we see between 200 to 250. This is very different from when I first started working, when COVID just started, where in wintertime and in summertime, the maximum was 187 for the 35 years that Porchlight has been running the men's shelter. About 70 to 80% of our clients who stay at the shelter have no active income except for possibly food stamps. The ones who do have income are either from social security checks or they have work. So it's very difficult 
to try to get people housing, especially in Madison when they don't have an income. But we try to support people as much as we can, get access to services, health care, anything that federal grants or county grants can provide us, city grants can provide us. But yeah, I would say the active stay would be, it can range from two weeks. I've seen people come in, get out in two weeks, if they really put in the effort to look for themselves, access services that we have, case management at the shelter, and really follow up and put in the active effort themselves. But sometimes I've seen people who've been here for, sad to say, but longer than 10 years, you know, I've heard that they've been in and out of the shelter for sometimes longer than that. But, you know, in a way, we do provide this kind of cozy, secure home facility for those who aren't trying to find housing and they just feel comfortable at the shelter. But we are housing focused, so we would like to motivate people. We would like to support them in order to find housing. But part of trauma-informed care is that you allow people to have the choice what they want for themselves. But I really believe in empowering people to seek and self-actualize through their best self. Many of the folks who work at the shelter are also residents or have lived there in the past. I got the chance to speak with one of them. Uh, my name is Christopher Martin Mackin. I am a case manager for Porchlight. I work out of the DIS now. Case management is here to provide assistance with looking into housing for people, providing services, getting vital records, pretty much everything across the board, assisting in finding employment. I actually did a short time in jail uh, and lost my apartment when I came out. I uh, stayed in hotels for a while while I was looking for a job because I'd also lost my security clearance. And I came to the shelter when I was starting to get low on money. And uh, within about a week, I was a volunteer. And about a month after that, I was the head of volunteers. And then I applied uh, because I thought I owed something back to the shelter. And they thought I fit best as a case manager. And now I occasionally fill in as manager. Ferris walked me through the day-to-day -day at the shelter, how intake works, and the services they offer. The Green Doors at 2002 Zaire Road is where we offer our services at the shelter, for the men's shelter. The bus arrives. We usually let the disabled guests in first to line up. When it's not too cold, we place seats out for the disabled guests to wait from 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. Technically, our guests aren't supposed to arrive till about 4 o'clock because that's around the time when the beacon closes. But, you know, we are kind of flexible on that. And, you know, we make sure to have seats for the disabled guests who are waiting to come in. So then when the beacon bus arrives, they would line up along the side of the building and we'd allow the disabled guests to come in first. Then we would allow the Beacon bus guests to come in. They would line up around this area where it's stationed in lines. It's sectioned off in lines. And we have a security check. Mainly we check for drugs, alcohol, drug paraphernalia, and weapons. We also have lockers. We have 150 lockers, even though we serve actively 500 people, you know, who might be in and out of the shelter at once possibly more, but the lockers is where our guests can keep their items as long as they need in these lockers. People experiencing homelessness usually have to, you know, drag around literally their whole house with them 
and having lockers really supports them and not having to carry things around with them. And you know, it might also be a stigma for like going to a job interview when you have all your things and the employer isn't supposed to discriminate, but I've heard stories where they do, like, you know, saying, oh, why do you bring all of your stuff with you, etc. So, you know, we try to have as many services and things that we can provide, like intentionally thinking about how we can support an individual who's experiencing homelessness. These are the bathrooms. So, yeah, we clean them every day. Within two, three hours of, the of being open, the bathrooms will be very messy. I've seen people try to flush down all kinds of things and be working at a shelter, you have to have a good plumbing system. <laughs> you know, towels, bottles of alcohol, pipes of different sorts. So it's really important to have a good plumbing system mm -hmm. and our cleaners make sure that it is spotless every single day that our clients come in. So I'm seeing what it looks like about 10 sinks um, and a vanity, some mirrors, that kind of thing, hand dryers. And then do you have showers as well? Yep, showers are here on this side. So there are bathroom stalls on this side, three urinals, and we have uh, showers, about uh, six private showers, and then seven open showers. Our food service currently is, can't remember the catering company, I would really like to recommend them. They are cooking through High Point Steakhouse, so they bring us individually catered meals. That's a huge part of our budget, but it's worth it because it's really good meals and we wish to have a kitchen in the permanent shelter that's opening and being built currently by 2025. We will have a kitchen where we will serve possibly two to three meals a day, depending if we're gonna be a night shelter or a 24 seven shelter, depending on the funding that, you know, if we're able to do that. But currently we get about 250 meals a night and we, all, we used to have breakfast, but unfortunately we didn't have that in the budget to offer breakfast anymore. So in the morning we really rely on donations of like granola bars or something, you know, those chewies to offer to our clients in the morning. And we of course still have coffee, you know, it gets people started and joyful to their day. So, you know, we make sure to have coffee but they do get breakfast our client our guests do get breakfast at the day shelters such as the beacon and safe haven that also serve lunch earlier today the marketing and customer service manager with metro transit mick rush told wort that the city of madison researched areas of need before deciding on the bus rapid transit routes but they didn't specifically account for the city's unhoused population he says that there are alternate resources our uh, recommendation to that is that we do have a paratransit service that that would fall into our recommendation and would pick somebody up that is having trouble with accessing the stop and making that walk. So we would encourage people, if they're having that issue, to give us a call and we can help get the uh, eligibility or the uh, determination process set up to uh, try our paratransit service out. He also says access will be much improved when the shelter moves to its new permanent location. So once that moves to their new location in 2024 or 2025 or so, they're going to have extremely good service on our new bus rapid transit route. Ferris says, I would love if we had the city bus like right in front of Zyra Road. That would be 
blessing for sure. Hearing from uh, general sentiment about the new bus system. Uh, in the beginning, you know, it was very difficult for some of our guests, our clients, to access certain areas that they go to, especially like the Beacon or Safe Haven, our day shelters. But if, if one thing you can say about the clients that we support, you know, a lot of them being out on the streets and having to face trauma on a daily basis are very adaptable, and I think they got used to the new bus system. Porchlight's men's emergency shelter is a temporary solution, while the city moves forward with construction on the permanent shelter on Bartolon Drive, near Rindle Park. It will be the first purpose-built shelter in Madison and will have the facilities to house up to 250 people. The $22 million project is expected to be complete by the end of 2025. In the meantime, folks in need will continue to stay at the Porchlight Shelter. I think homelessness is increasing everywhere in America. I don't think the powers that be, you know, politicians and such, really address this as a social issue. I think 10 times the amount of money to solve homelessness in all of America has been sent for military funding. So, you know, not to say anything specific to get me in trouble, but, you know, it's, it's like, you know, we could solve homelessness in a day, but, you know, social issues such as this just doesn't suit the capitalist needs of, you know, the elites running <laughs> America. So, mm -hmm. unfortunately, you know, we are here at the front lines just trying to uh, give respect and dignity to every human individual that walks through our door and you know, making our shelter as low barrier and inclusive as possible so that people feel comfortable coming to the shelter. But as I tell everyone, use this as a stepping stone to eventually empower yourself and we will empower you too to improve holistically what you're trying to reach in life as your goals. Reporting for WORT News, I'm Faye Parks.